Jared Kelnick remains red hot at the dish. Marco Gonzalez steps up once again as the Mariners beat the Phillies. Our thoughts on the series opening victory coming up here on the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, April 25th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patnode for the Locked On Mariners postgame show. It's sticking around, buddy. Can't do anything about it. This episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use promo code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Thank you so much for making us your first listen after the Mariners win. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon by scanning the QR code right above my head. The link, as well as our social accounts, is also in the description of this episode. Five to three, the final from Citizens Bank Park. In Philadelphia, PA, Mariners beat the Phillies on the back of another big game from Jared Kelnick, a two-run blast from Teoscar Hernandez, and another strong start from Marco Gonzalez. Now, Colby, before we get into the game, what's going on with your lighting situation over there, man? You're like a giant ball of white light right now. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's uh, a it's a little bit better. It was crazy before we hit record. Eh, now it's getting a little bad again. But <laughs> I don't know, man. Like I said, I have a I have an east facing window right in front of me, so the lighting's not great. And this time of day, the uh, little ring light doesn't really seem to help much. So see, it, looks better. It, and then it, yeah. it, it chilled out for a second there. Well, you're, yeah. you're obviously glowing because the Mariners had a really nice game tonight against the Phillies, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Jerry Kelnick goes three for four in this game he was for a while there the only mariners hitter that seemed to have figured out bailey falter he gets the mariners first hit of the game with a double uh, hustle double into left center field and then gets their second hit of the game his next time through the order with a nuke to right center field on a little bit of a cookie there from falter taking advantage of that to give the mariners a one nothing lead He also followed that up with another impressive-looking drive to left center field, but Christian Pache caught that ball. A nice little diving catch by Pache. And then finally, uh, flipped a a single, opposite field single, against another lefty into left field for his uh, third hit of the game. And he now holds the American League lead in WRC Plus with a mark of 210. So... Let's talk about Kelnick first. What did you see out of Kelnick tonight? Not one of his better games. Um, it's <laughs> no. I mean, uh, he was, didn't hit a ball 482 feet. So that's true. It was yeah. only 424. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, it was interesting to see. Uh, you know, the double off of the lefty, um, and then the single off of the lefty. So uh, clearly, you know, the the minor league uh, splits that we brought up a few weeks ago they seem to be more of an indicator than, you know, the, the major league uh, track record against lefties, which, you know, as you pointed out, well, they're kind of tough to discern because Kelnick's bad against everybody or he was bad against everybody. So uh, it certainly looks like Kelnick is not a platoon player. He looks like an everyday bat. 
Um, he's not going to torch lefties like he has so far this year. Obviously not. He's also not going to torch righties as bad as he has this year. There's going to be a slowdown period at some point, but right now he's just dialed in. You know, he's not missing, uh, you know, he's not missing really you know, cookies. Essentially uh, the home run he hit was just kind of a, you know, hanging slider in the middle of the plate. And, and he did what you should do with it. And uh, he's just in a really good spot right now. We see him go to left field a couple times today, left center field. Um, you know, he's running well, he's not chasing, he continues to hit the ball hard. And again, you know, we talked about yesterday, you know, Kelnick is, is even when he's not having these monster games, like he did today, he's finding a way to sacrifice, fly, draw a walk, get a RBI single. Like he's mixing in all these little tiny, like bonus performances. And then he'll have this big explosive game. Like he did today. Today, it was all against lefties too. So that is, mm-hmm. uh, again, pretty exciting to see Kelnick styled in right now. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting. The, the calls for him to be moved up in the lineup are only going to get louder. Um, and you know, it's, it's, you're getting to a point now where, uh, it's, it's tough to, to ignore what he's doing right now. It's, it's, it's tough to kind of like try and dampen down the expectations going forward because Kelnick right now has a really good shot to win the American league player of the month. That's what I was going to say, right? Uh, He's yeah. been statistically the most productive player in the American League and was tied for the league lead, Major League Baseball lead in WRC Plus halfway through this game with Brandon Marsh going over 2 to start the game. Uh, Marsh ended up getting a single and that put him up to 213. Kelnick finishes the night, as I said, at a mark of 210. Uh, Matt Chapman went 1 for 4 tonight. That dropped him down to 205. So uh, Kelnick right now has a five-point lead in the American League in WRC+. Plus. Uh, and again, he's definitely a strong favorite for American League Player of the Month. There's still five more games left in the month, but he is trying to finish this thing out pretty strong here. And uh, hopefully he gets himself some hardware because he has earned it. Do they get trophies for that? I think they do. Hmm. Okay. I mean, YouTube player of the game is is like on. Another I mean, level, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. If if, I mean, if YouTube has a player of the game award, they should have a player of the month award, yeah. like an actual sure, physical player of the month award. Sure, I'm sure you know Red Sox fans are screaming Devers. Or, not that any Red Sox fans are listening to us right now, but mm. uh, yeah, Kelnick's certainly in that conversation. And and you know we're we're going on 80 plate appearances now. After today, 80. I don't know if this is counting today or not yet. Yeah, uh, but we're closing on that 100 mark. And and for me, you know about. 150 is a trend rather than a, a streak or anything like that. So it's about halfway there. And and again, he's right now, I think he's hitting 342. Like he's not going to hit 342, I think. Uh, but he's been very, very good. And it just continues. And he just keeps on stacking per- performances like this on top of each other. He's got to be feeling really good right now. And if you're the Mariners, like this is the dream scenario because you haven't even really gotten Julio going yet. And when you, if you have two play, cause right now Kelnick again, it's 20, what 24 games in 23 games in right now, mm. he is in the most valuable player conversation. Yeah. If the season ended today, which we know it doesn't, but again, by I mean, W plus standards, he is statistically the best hitter in the American league right now. And he's a really good outfielder too. So, and he can steal some yeah. bases. He's on pace to steal like 15, 20 bags. So, uh, yeah, Kelnick's been amazing. And it was, it was, it's always, I mean, you kind of stop what you're doing now. When Jared Kelman comes to the play, you're like, hmm, let, let's watch this because yeah. there'll be something interesting that happens every time he goes up to the plate. Well, and, and some days, you know, even tonight before the rest of the offense kind of got going, it just kind of felt like 
it's it's felt a lot like it's just been Jared and then whatever else you can get. You know, you cross your fingers and hope to get something out of this offense outside of Jared. Uh, he's been the driving force of this. He's been inarguably the Mariners' best hitter uh, through the start of the season so far. Um, and it's not particularly because anything has gone super wrong. I mean, there's been some relatively disappointing starts for some guys like Julio, like Teoscar. Uh, but those guys have also had some productive outings as well. So it's not, it's just that it's, it's just an example of how good Jared Kelnick has really been at the end of the day. He's been an absolute monster at the dish. One of the best hitters in all of baseball and the stuff that he's doing right now is ridiculous. He is so locked in. Even that little single that he had on a pitch on the outside corner of the plate, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. flipping that out to a single again he's just he's not doing too much he's not trying to do too much and he's letting the power just naturally come to him he's getting those cookies he's, he's drawing out at bats his k rate is starting to go down further and further and further as we go along here he's drawing out more at bats and he's just waiting for those cookies to come from him and he's doing damage with them and when he doesn't get one of those he's still able to find a way on base and that's incredible growth from a guy that was statistically one of the worst hitters in all of major league baseball for the last year and a half. Yeah. Um, with his, you know, zero strikeout performance today and in four plate appearances, uh, his strikeout rate should be down around league average right now. And remember Mm -hmm. about a week into the season, even though Kelnick was still off to a pretty good start at that point, it was at 50%. So it's continuing to go down and and he just doesn't look like a guy, um, who is going to be prone to, you know, strikeouts. He's not Joey Gallo, right? He's not one of these big K guys. He doesn't look like it. He looks like a guy who's probably going to be around league average. Um, when you combine that with his power and, you know, his, his on base skills, he's drawing walks, plenty of walks. And, and it's just, again, we're talking about if, I mean, he has been so far this year, a superstar. And the only reason we're sitting here really saying like, this isn't sustainable is because like it's baseball it shouldn't be nobody is this good for an entire year yeah it's too it's 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 not sustainable because it's too good right right like this is this is mike trout stuff right now that that jared we really going to say that jared kelnick is as good as mike trout no because he's better but uh yeah that like that's just what we're at with it's just wild because like you never see someone go again from one of the worst hitters in all baseball to this yeah to absolutely like hundredth percentile elite right and again it's very early in the season right that works both ways both with disappointing starts and really hot starts like we're seeing out of kelnick still very early things can change rather quickly the outlook of him overall can change rather quickly but He's showing no signs of slowing down right now. The Tight. the process is so good, and we've seen the league adjust to him a little bit. We've seen Sorry. pitchers adjust to him a little bit. They're throwing more breaking balls, and he's adjusting right back, and he's still finding success, right? Mm-hmm. Again, he did damage against breaking balls against lefties tonight. That's really, really, like, that's incredibly noteworthy. <laughs> Ty, it, think about all the players who might be available at the trade deadline this year. Mm-hmm. Every single player who might be traded. Would you trade Jared sure. Kelnick for any of them? Nope. There you go. If I asked you that a month ago, you would have handed me a list of guys like, yep, here, 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 here. A month later, you're like, no, <laughs> I'm going to ride well, this out. 
Well, like real, real quick, and we, we need to go to our ad break, but real quick, you know, today, Brian Reynolds signed his extension finally with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Obviously, we talked about Reynolds a lot. We talked about trading Kelnick as kind of just a throw in in a Reynolds deal as well. And, you know, I really wanted to say today that a month ago, that news of Brian Reynolds signing an extension would be kind of heartbreaking. Now, I couldn't care less. It's like, yeah, whatever. I have a we have Brian have, Reynolds at home. And he's better <laughs> right yeah, now. He's better. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like so. it, it's it's pretty incredible to see what Kelnick has done over the first 23 games here. Um, I don't know how many he's actually played in, but let's just say 23 for the sake of it. He's been fantastic. I mean, he's again, he's been MVP caliber. He should be very well at the top of the conversation here for AL Player of the Month. We'll see how the next five games go. Uh, he needs to finish finish it out strong because, like you said, there's guys like Raphael Devers who are also very deserving. Uh, but uh, man, what a night for Jerry Kelnick again! Three for four with a double, a home run, and a single in the Mariners' uh, five to three victory over the Philadelphia Phillies. And Colby, I think we're getting close, uh, even with Julio's ups and downs and the. You know, Teo digging himself out of the hole that he created at the start of the season. I think we're getting close uh, to having a legitimate conversation about this team having the best outfield in all of baseball. So let's talk about that a little bit more here in just a moment. But real quick, a reminder, this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by So Rare. Our new sponsor, So Rare, is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 Major League Baseball teams. Unlike other fantasy baseball platforms, So Rare managers truly own their fantasy experience, collecting, buying, selling, and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards. Win or lose, you still own your cards and there's no cost to play plus the more you win the more you advance collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next level competitions and rewards like mlb game weeks mlb game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three to four day cycle at the end of game weeks so rare mlb managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards which can include so rare scarcity cards game tickets merchandise signed jerseys and vip experiences like meeting mlb stars just like seattle mariners center fielder julio Rodriguez. Prizes may vary depending on the competition. Head to SoRare.com slash LockedOn. That's spelled S-O-R-A-R-E dot com to draft your team of free player cards, set your lineup, and start competing today to win epic rewards. Again, that's SoRare.com slash LockedOn to start playing today. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show following the Mariners 5-3 to victory over the Philadelphia Phillies. And again, we're doing Postgame shows every single day for the series. So we're going to do one tomorrow. We're going to do one on Thursday afternoon as well after that game. And you can catch those games on Sirius XM with the Mariners hometown broadcast via the SXM app. Now, folks, people are hungry. And we are looking to give them some meals. We are nearing $7,000 donated to our Feeding America fundraiser. We only got a few days left, but I have to give a special shout out to Grand Slam Graham, who came through with a $469.69 donation. What was it, last night, this morning, something like that? Incredibly kind gesture from Graham. Uh, and if you want to help out, just, uh, you know, 
head on over to the link that we have in the description of this episode, whether you're watching or listening to this episode, or scan the QR code that's right below our faces, and it'll take you right to our donation page. If you've already donated or if you don't have the means to donate, uh, a subscription to our YouTube channel is just as good as a donation. We're donating one meal per subscription that we get between the time of starting this fundraiser and the end of it, which is on Monday. And we're going to tally that all up and make that final donation on Monday as well. So uh, we'll reconvene then and uh, talk about what we've uh, all added up here for Feeding America. Great cause that is helping get some meals to a lot of folks in need. Uh, and we are nearing 70,000 meals donated right now. Pretty incredible stuff. So thank you guys so much for the response. Now, Colby, like I said, this outfield is shaping up to be with the way that Kelnick is playing. Teo starting to turn things around, and we know that Julio is eventually going to turn things around. This outfield is starting to take shape as uh, probably the best in Major League Baseball. We talked about, you know, a few weeks ago, I think we had a question about the upper echelon of outfields in Major League Baseball, and we talked about how really every outfield out there in Major League Baseball is kind of incomplete. Like, they have two really good guys and then one question mark, and the Mariners were certainly one of those teams heading into this year with a big question mark, obviously, being Kelnick. Now Kelnick is solidifying himself, at least through the first you know, 23 games here, as a star. Finally, finally, we're seeing this out of Jared Kelnick. So what do you think? Do you think that's actually the ceiling now for this team? Do you think maybe we're getting a little ahead of ourselves? Or is does this Mariners team actually have one of the best outfield groups in all of baseball? It is the greatest outfield of all time. Wow. Um, yeah. So take that. I don't even know who would be considered probably one that had Barry Bonds in it and the other two really didn't matter, but um, it, you know, what's really nice about this outfield right now. And again, we, we still haven't seen Julio really get it going. Uh, we've seen glimpses here and there, but he's still kind of trying to put it together. Uh, Teo is just over the last, well, honestly, it's been the last like two or three weeks. It, it's Teo was really bad for the first like five or six games. And since then he's been just great. So um, what I like about this outfield though, they can all run. Mm-hmm. They all have cannons for arms. Yep. And right now they're all really, really good defensively. And it, it seems weird to say because Teo's missed a play here and there. But when you go and you look at the metrics, he's still the second or third best defensive right fielder in all of baseball right now. Again, it's very early defensive metrics. Even season-long defensive metrics are still pretty small sample size. Typically, you want a couple years of sample size on you know defensive metrics but and defensive metrics are just never going to be perfected no 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 yeah no. so you have to look at it from your eye a little bit and Teo has been better than i think most of us mm-hmm. would have thought in right field mm-hmm. uh kelnick certainly is is every bit what we thought he was going to be in a corner and julio continues to be I, again i don't think he's a gold glover out there but he's definitely not a liability he's an asset if anything in center field and so you kind of combine those three guys they all they all have tremendous power they have excellent arms, accurate arms, mm. um, and they have very just good raw athleticism too. Mm. Uh, so yeah, there's certainly a lot of upside here, like we talked about a few weeks ago. But if Kelnick is going to hit like seventy five percent of what he has so far, even then the Mariners are definitely right there because you do look at other outfields and you say, well, you know, what other outfield could possibly compete with this? Toronto has Kevin Kiermeyer who can't really hit. So Varsha's kind of gotten off to a slow start as well. Yeah. Right. So 
Yeah, I, I just think that there's not a lot of outfields that are going to compete. Uh, certainly, you know, three deep. Now, the Mariners have some depth issues in their outfield right now that could be alleviated by Taylor Trammell. We'll see. But right mm-hmm. now, it, it would be a struggle to say that there's an outfield that you would take over the Mariners right now, uh, not just even long term, just for the 2023 season. Right. And there's so much upside still, right? Because obviously, there's going to be some regression from Kelnick naturally he's not Mm going to keep this kind of level of production up like we said but there's also going to be you know on the flip side of that some positive regression from Julio who had another rough night tonight at the plate just wasn't able to catch up to really anything missed on a couple of curveballs pretty bad uh struck out a couple times tonight uh but you know, that said, Julio's still in a much better spot this April than he was last April. I posted the numbers over on my Twitter. He's like 30 points higher in WRC plus. He's got, you know, a few more home runs, a couple more ribs. Uh, he's striking out significantly less, like 11% uh, less than, than he was last year. So Julio's going to be fine. Uh, and again, like if he has, you know, the May through October that he had last year, he's a top three MVP candidate. Yeah, with what he's done this April, maybe the Mariners have two MVP candidates in that outfield right now. I mean, Marco's pretty good, but I don't know if I would yeah. say MVP candidate yet. We gotta, we gotta see Marco play some outfield, right? He's the he's the sh- uh, ball shagger uh, god out there during uh, BP. Ty, serious question. I know you're gonna answer it, but I gotta ask it anyways. Okay. Game on the line. You have to pinch it. Are you pinch hitting Tommy Lestella or Marco Gonzalez? Marco. Yeah, that's not even a doubt. Mar- in my Marco, mind. Marco rakes. <laughs> <laughs> he did in college. I think he's got a or, double. Hey, too. or hey, Justice Sheffield. Call up Justice Sheffield. <laughs> Quick, you know, get uh, <laughs> Marco's already here. So <laughs> I'd rather have Justice Sheffield hitting for me than Tommy Lestella. You heard me. You heard me. I don't think that's that bold of a statement. <laughs> I think everybody in the comments would probably agree. Didn't Justin Dunn also hit like a double in San Diego yeah. or something like that? I think Dunn and, Je- and Sheffield, they back-to-back games, they each had a double. By the way, super off topic here, but Justin Dunn reminded me, did you see what the Reds did to the Rangers tonight? No. Rangers were up 6 nothing. Reds came back and went 7-6. to I thought they did that last night. No, they did that tonight. Oh wow! Maybe they did it last night as well. I don't know, but like <laughs> they won seven to six. They won seven to six tonight. Yeah, down uh, six nothing. That was crazy. Yeah, Reds are off to a nice little start, and and the Rangers, by the way, have played a huge percentage of their games against Oakland and Kansas City. So mm, yeah, they're going to fall back to the pack too. The AL West is going to be very competitive this year. All right, so let's talk more about Marco Gonzalez, who had another really nice start. In his second start post uh, birth of his second child, he dad strength baby, it's undefeated. Uh, real quick though, before we get into that, a reminder: this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to home runs, strikeouts, and stolen bases. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com. Com slash L O C K D O N 
To learn more, make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners postgame show. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 5-3 to three win over the Philadelphia Phillies. And again, we will be doing two more postgame shows for this series. So catch us again tomorrow night. And you can catch the game on the Mariners hometown broadcast tomorrow night with SiriusXM via the SXM app. So Marco Gonzalez on short notice, full five days rest, but still on short notice because Logan Gilbert felt a little something in his shoulder while lifting. So as a precaution, they're pushing his start back to tomorrow. So they bring it. Uh, Gonzalez's start up a day and he goes five innings, uh, only 75 pitches thrown. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the, the decision to take him out uh, despite being on five days rest. Uh, but another really solid start from Marco against the Phillies only gives up the one run uh, solo home run to Edmundo Sosa that was cranked uh, but outside of that didn't really make too many mistakes kind of battled kind of had to battle in the third inning uh, but got through it got a nice strikeout of Trey Turner who was rough tonight at the plate I'm sure that's going to last this whole series uh, but uh, it was nice to see that uh, Turner didn't really do any damage uh, Philly, top of the Phillies order in general didn't really do a ton of damage tonight and again that was a big uh, thanks in large part to Marco so what did you see out of Marco tonight Colby yeah uh, it's pretty efficient you know got through five on 75 pitches he only allowed four hard hit balls um, so you know just two strikeouts he wasn't the the repeat of the big nine strikeout performance he had last time out, which we know is always going to be an outlier for Marco. Uh, but again, you know, one of the, one of the trends we saw going back to his last few starts is he's really ditched the cutter. He's not throwing it really at all right now. Today he threw five by stack cast, which accounts for 7% of his pitches. It was curveball heavy today, which is a nice little twist. Uh, his last outing Marco was very uh, change up fastball uh, heavy today. It was the curveball. They did most of the heavy lifting. Uh, and then actually his second most used pitch was the changeup. So he really committed to keeping guys, you know, off on, you know, keep getting guys on there to their front foot. Uh, you know, 66% of the pitches he threw today, two thirds were off speed pitches, curveballs and changeups. So, um, you know, it's pretty interesting. He only had three whiffs all game. Uh, they were all in the changeup, but he did get 15 uh, called strikes on that pitch. And they just, there wasn't a lot to square up. Uh, Marco was on the corners, you know, we saw him not afraid to, to get into three, one counts and, you know, throw a pitch just above the zone. And if it's ball four, it's ball four, whatever, but chances are on a three, one count, that guy's going to be aggressive and swing at it. And we saw him do that a couple of times. So, uh, this kind of is what three in a row now for Marco, four in a row for Marco, mm -hmm. where we've seen him essentially ditch the cutter. He's not going to use it hardly at all anymore, which is good because it's not a good pitch. And he is really committing to the change up in the curveball and just kind of, you know, being the crafty lefty that everybody thought right. he was. Um, and he's just really committed to it. He's pounding the strike zone right now. Uh, so it's it's great to see uh, because, you know, Marco, again, with the struggles of Chris Flexen and Robbie Ray on the IL, you kind of couldn't have two black holes in your in your rotation uh, this early in the year. And, and Marco, after, you know, kind of a rough start, has been anything but. He's been very solid this year. Mm -hmm. um, and you, I think you feel pretty good about him, you know, going out there and, He's still going to have a blow up start at some point this year. I mean, it may be maybe multiple. Uh, there's going to be some days where his changeup just just doesn't have command and it kind of floats in the middle of the plate and, and it gets hit hard. But right now, this is the best command we've seen from Marco since that 2020 season, um, and it's gone on about three starts now. Marco is starting to get to a point where 
you kind of trust him enough that you don't feel mm -hmm. like you have to rush any of the young arms that we assumed would be up by May. Right now, there's really no reason to call those up, go those guys up for Marco. Maybe there is for Chris Flexen. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, Marco's been been great the last few times out, and today was just kind of classic soft tossing, right-handed heavy lineup. We're going to get your guy, we're going to get you out on your front foot. We're going to get you to roll over. We're not, we're not going to be in the middle of the plate. You're going to have to earn your runs. And uh, Philadelphia couldn't. And the, again, it's a pretty good Phillies lineup. And Marco just kind of toyed with them all day and really did it. It was kind of vintage Jamie Moyer, uh, a a comp that both Mariners and Phillies fans should be well aware of. He had to do something, right? Because he was nearing the end of his rope in Seattle. Yeah. He had to do. He had to make some sort of tweak. He had to do something here to essentially stay alive in this rotation. Because you know, in another universe, he might be making this start for the Phillies tonight right the Mariners were pretty close apparently according to Ryan Dibish to trading Marco to Philadelphia in a three-team deal that would have brought Joey Gallo from New York to Seattle uh, the Yankees of course would have been that third team involved uh, but you know Marco survived the trade deadline Marco survived the offseason and he's still in Seattle and it's paying dividends right now for the Mariners in a pretty tight spot right now with Robbie Ray on the I.L. Uh, by the way, he met with team doctors uh, today and they're going to determine if he can start throwing. If so, he'll go down to Arizona and start ramping that back up. So that's hopefully some good news on Robbie Ray. Uh, but with Robbie Ray on the IL and then, you know, Chris Flexen pitching the way that he unfortunately is right now, the Mariners need Marco to do what Marco is doing right now. And he's stepped up and then some. He's been one of their better starting pitchers. He's one of the reasons why they are tops in the league right now in f4 um so now let's talk about of course the decision to take him out after 75 pitches five innings pitch i get it from the perspective of maybe not letting him face turner schwarber cassianos again for the third time you know but going to matt brash in that situation hmm with the way that Brash has been throwing the ball lately, and it almost came by to, uh, came back to bite them in a pretty big way. Brash nearly gave this game back to the Phillies. Uh, only sur he survived, only giving up one run, thankfully. Uh, but he allowed bases to get loaded with one out. Uh, hit Schwarber on the foot with a curveball, I think, uh, maybe a yep. slider, uh, and then uh, gave up back-to-back -back singles. Uh, some couple of good defensive plays, though, uh, were able to get Brash out of there, but. Uh, yeah, I, I I get the the idea of taking him out before facing the top of the order a third time, but going to Brash in that situation, no bueno for me. For me, Marco's handled uh, at least Turner and and Schwarber all night, and and uh, you know again with a four to one lead, you kind of have the ability to be like, all right, go out. Like Scott really loves to give guys clean innings. He loves to mm -hmm. get his relievers in, nobody on, nobody out, just to start the inning. But sometimes you just have to say that's not enough. And asking Matt Brash to get three outs instead of one is a pretty big difference right now, uh, even with a, a three-run lead. So uh, for me, the the ideal scenario was you send Marco out there, and if somebody gets on, then you can go to Brash, fine, whatever. Because now you know the strikeout is a little bit more important. But Marco was cruising at that point. It, he had a pretty good long third, but other than that, he was – getting guys out quick and and he was working really quickly so i like the tempo so wasn't a big fan of that and marco again on full rest so there's no reason to worry about his pitch count and but if you don't want him to face the order a third time for me right now yeah that's probably where i'm using god or, or topa 
Um, now Topa came in and pitched the eighth to the middle of the order. So it was the it was middle, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah he faced. Did he face Turner? I don't think so. Can't remember. But either way, help us uh, out no. here. Help us out. Oh no, no, no. He Spire. pitched the eighth. He pitched the eighth. Right. Yeah. Topa Spire struck eighth. out Turner to end the the seventh. Right. Yeah. yeah. So he yeah he faced the middle of the order. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, you know, wouldn't be necessary. Brash did his job, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So, yeah, it was just kind of a weird decision. Um, again, thankfully it didn't backfire. Ty France showed up today uh, with the glove uh, to make a couple really nice plays, uh, including, you know, what might have been a game saving because that ball gets by him. That's a double and two, two more runs are scoring at least. So, uh, you're probably talking about all of a sudden at least a four to three game, probably a tie game. So, uh, yeah, I didn't love that decision um, by, uh, you know, by Scott. If Brash was throwing the ball really well right now, then I would totally get it. Uh, but I think you got to let Marco go out there and, and, you know, give him a batter or two. Yeah, I also especially think like, with a three run lead. Well, I also think from a Brash perspective, if you're trying to get his confidence back, why are you doing it against the two, three, four in the Phillies order? Yeah. Right. Why not do that when you get to the seventh? Right. Why like why not deploy Spire or Topa in that situation and then have Brash take the seventh where he's gonna face, you know, bomb Sosa Marsh or Real Muto bomb Sosa, you know? I feel like that would have been a more beneficial spot for uh, Brash to come in, both for himself and for the Mariners. But I digress. At the end of the day, it worked out. Still don't agree with the process, but it did work out. So not gonna mm-hmm. harp on it too too much. Uh, real quick though, the uh, <laughs> so Trey Turner went zero for four with oh, three boy. strikeouts. Jose Caballero and J.P. Crawford combined went two for six with a couple of ribs, couple walks, couple stolen uh, bases. Chills, chills. chills. did it again. That's all we were to say. <laughs> um, by the way, shout out to the entire bottom half of the order. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the top half, the, uh, top three guys, they went one for 12 with five strikeouts today, mm. six through nine managed to go, uh, let's see here, six, four, 14 today. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had, let's see, nine hard hit balls between them. Uh, in this game, they stole a couple bases. They drew a couple walks. Kelnick hit the big home run. Uh, so the Mariners, you know, found a way to put up five without much contribution whatsoever from Julio, Ty France, or AJ Pollock. Uh, Teo got the big two-run homer, and Gino did chip in a double. But yeah, kudos to the bottom of the lineup tonight. And, you know, despite some questionable decisions, uh, you know, big kudos to the Mariners pitching staff because uh, the Phillies offense right now is is kind of clicking. Uh, you look at these numbers, and there's a lot of guys putting up really good numbers in this lineup early in the year, and, and the Mariners just kind of handled them it, it never really felt like this game was was gonna get away from them aside from the brash inning but uh no it was it's a really good job from the bottom of the order uh and the and the pitching staff in general and, th- and that's a really good win to you know you always want to win the first one in a series it gives you a little bit of wiggle room in game two to set up game through three if you need it and with the tough series coming up in toronto you'd be very nice to take this series which you can do by just splitting the next two and folks if you feel insecure about how you're doing at your job, just watch Laz Diaz call balls and strikes for nine innings. You'll feel a lot better. I promise you. Oh, 
darn. I forgot to say spoiler alert at the top in case you guys haven't watched the game yet. Oops. <sighs> darn. All right, sailors. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. You love it. Just admit it. You love it. Yeah, you no, do. Yeah, you do. Well, the people said they wanted it, right? We got some great feedback in the comments. We obviously, I mean, it was a couple of folks' idea in our just live stream rap. on Friday. You just want me to get to the wrap because you don't want me to uh, prove you wrong here. You don't want me to make you look I like I don't want uh, us to go like 42 minutes again. And I know you have a, ten- a tendency to kind of drone on forever, so... For Colby Patnode, I'm Ty Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at <laughs> underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, S-D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And Colby over at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well at Locked On Mariners. That's one word, Locked On Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 5-3 to win over the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll be back tomorrow night after the game, and you can catch that game on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. But for now, have yourself a beautiful baseball evening, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Peace.